Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you. Really good to see you. Uh, we're going to start by singing our first hymn, which is number 469. 469, My Faith Looks Up to Thee. So let's stand and sing together. Number 469. Sorella's already on her feet standing. Look at that. That's great. Brilliant. Ready to sing. It's 469. Let's stand to sing. Well, everyone's in fine voice, which is good to hear. In fact, hang on. So good, in fact, we've got 12 points. Well done. Um, And we'll hear a little bit more about that later because our organist was a Eurovision contributor this year. And we'll be finding out exactly what Stuart and Enid were contributing to Eurovision a little bit later in the service. So we'll look forward to that uh, and hearing from them. The notice is for the rest of the day and the following week are as follows. Um, We will have tea and coffee after this service, and it'd be great to see you stay for that. Uh, And then on Wednesday, we have our Bible study, which will be 7.30 here in the church. Actually, I say it's Bible study, it's the prayer meeting this week. So the prayer meeting at 7.30 in the church. It'd be great to see you then. On Friday, we have our baby and toddler group at 10 a.m., and then at 6.45 p.m., the CBC Club. Now, I'm actually away with work this Friday uh, and won't be back till late, so Josh Keeley, very kindly, is stepping in for us on Friday to lead that. So do pray for Josh. Um, he's been before, and so he's, he knows what he's doing, but uh, do pray for him there. Uh, it's actually, I think, it's good because the kids get used to hearing me waffle on each week. And so to have someone fresh and different sort of jogs them into thinking maybe more. So do pray for that. Um, and then next Sunday we'll be here again for morning service at 11am, so we look forward to that. Let's just pray and ask God to bless the week that we are stepping into now and our time together this morning. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that it is to live in your world. And Lord, the even greater privilege to be able to live in your world as your people. Lord, we recognise that we're not able to do this because 
We are good people because many times we have failed you and we are not good people. But you love us despite that. And that Jesus, you came into the world to pay the price that we could not pay so that we, by having faith in you, can be your forgiven people living in your world for your purpose. Father, we pray that we would appreciate and understand the privilege that it is to understand what you have done for us. Father, we ask that we would live our lives in the light of this glorious gospel and that we would be proclaiming it to people around us, this good news that there is a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. Father, we pray that you would make us a shining light in every situation that we are living in, in our work, in our families, in our communities. May we speak for you and for your glory. Lord, we do pray for everything that has gone on in the past week. We especially remember the opportunities for evangelism that have taken place, in particular the work that has been done by Good News for Everyone and the volunteers giving out scriptures. Father, we pray that those Bibles would be read and that you would speak to people's hearts through them and that there would be people who'd be able to say that they became a Christian because they first heard the gospel because someone was bold enough to give them a New Testament yesterday. Father, we do pray for your hand to work in that and to bless that work. Lord, we pray for the week that we're stepping into. We ask that it would go well. We pray for all that we have planned as a church, for our prayer meeting, for our Sunday service next week, for the baby and toddler group and the children's group. We ask that you would bless each of these things, that they would be honouring to you and that we would use them for your glory and your purposes. Father, we ask all of these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. We're going to have uh, our reading now, which is from Hebrews chapter 11. If you have a, a pew Bible like this, uh, it's funny, isn't it? A pew Bible, we haven't had pews ever in this church. Uh, a, a chair Bible like this, then you'll find the reading on uh, page uh, 853. And we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. So page 853, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning to read at verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke uh, when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. I'm just going to look to my dad to make sure I got that right. Is that the reason? I'm saying that because I, I copied it out by hand. And I thought, I hope, I hope that wasn't to verse 14 and I've missed a one-off. So uh, that's, that's good. We know we've done that right. We're going to have some choruses now. So um, if the kids want to come to the front. I think this might be the first time that Sorella has been standing up for the choruses. Look at this. This is exciting. Exciting times. So uh, we're going to uh, have some choruses. And we'll start with, he made the stars to shine, if that's okay. So let's, oh, good work, Mikey. Good work, Eva. Renee, are you coming? Come on, Renee.
Now, we have got one more chorus. Um, we're not letting Stuart off. We've got one more to play. And then after that, he still doesn't get a break because he's going to come and speak to us after that. So, we're going to re- uh, sing number 40, Ascribe Greatness to Our God, the Rock. Number 40. Let's sing together.
I'm going to ask Stuart and Enid to come and share something about something exciting that happened in Liverpool yesterday, and they're going to tell us more about that now. Thank you. So I put it on the, the WhatsApp message group yesterday, asking for prayer, and I'd like to thank you all for praying for us. Things went well. So what we were doing yesterday, we were giving out these little New Testaments. Uh, I'll put some at the back later, you can have a closer look, because it's a bit, bit small, but it's got like a pop group on the front with a um, musical uh, emblem on. So that, that was because it was Eurovision. And I think... Some people took them because it had the, the sort of Eurovision music symbols on the front. And we just pray that they will read them. We first went out with them on Bank Holiday Monday. Bank Holiday Monday was not a very good day. So we started off um, where they were stored in Slater Street, just off Bold Street. We walked all the way down to the pier head. And we distributed quite a few hundred there on Monday but then it got rather wet and we just crossed over the road to the bus station and got the bus home. But even just crossing the road, we got absolutely drenched. But I didn't mind getting wet. It makes my hair curl. But I didn't want the Bibles getting wet. So we took them home with us. And we had in our bags 33 of them. So on Tuesday, I helped at the toddler group at Bethel in the afternoon. When that finished... I thought, well, I'll just hop on a bus. It was a nice day on Tuesday. So I hopped on a bus and went down, went to Matthew Street. And in half an hour, I gave out those 33 testaments in Matthew Street. People were willing to stand about, have a picture taken with Scylla and John Lennon and chat. And it was a lovely atmosphere there in Matthew Street. There was good music playing, coming from all the bars, decent 60s music, you know. It was really good. And uh, so I gave out those 33 and people accepted them. We also had some Ukrainian testaments. I'll put that at the back for you to have a Not that you, you won't be able to understand it. Um, and I met two young women from Ukraine. One of them had lived here for about 20 years. And she was with a friend who had come to this country recently and was being hosted by a local family. So I had a chat with them. They've both got family back in Mariupol, who they're naturally worried about. And I told them that we pray regularly for their country. One of those young women took one of these Ukrainian testaments. The other one said she wouldn't take one because she had her own Bible already, so she didn't need one. And I assured them of our prayers. We also have, I showed you a couple of weeks ago, the hope magazines that we have this one's ukrainian and they have quite pretty pictures in and um, they have portions of the psalms and and john's gospel in. so some of them were given out yesterday as well so yesterday uh, we met once again at about 10 o'clock in the morning we didn't go down by the pier head we just stayed in the center of liverpool in in groups and uh, we gave out a good few thousand yesterday. A lot of people were very receptive. People were happy, the great atmosphere, lots of weird outfits. Uh, we took one or two photographs of weird outfits. And, uh, but it was a, it was a, a lovely, lovely day. Um, beautiful sunshine, I think we've got a bit of sunburn on my nose. And um, so it was really, really good. Um, one lady offered me £10. I said, no, it's a free gift. It's God's gift to you. So I wouldn't take that offer. Another lady I spoke to, she said someone had given her an authorised version Bible. And she said, I opened it up. I couldn't understand it. I've been praying for one that I can understand. Oh, she said, this is wonderful. And she opened it up, and she opened it to um, oh, that portion that says, Consider the lilies of the field. They don't sow or, or reap, yet the Lord gives them everything that they need. And I shared John 3.16 with her, and, and we had a, a lovely chat, and she was really happy with that testament that I gave her. 
So I just want to thank you for all your prayers. It was a great day. Just keep praying for those testaments that were given out. Pray that they will be read. Pray that souls will be saved. In fact, someone, one of our group, was speaking to someone and they gave their life to the Lord yesterday. Praise the Lord. If any of you would like one of these, you're welcome to take one today. Thank you. Well, quite difficult to follow that, but I'll give you a couple of things which uh, may interest you. Um, when you're called upon to do a job like distributing Bibles in a city centre, uh, obviously um, you start off with a few butterflies in your stomach. But um, we started off with a, a time of prayer uh, all together in um, the building in um, Slater Street, and then we went down to the town centre to do the business. And we have various trolleys and sack carts to carry all these Bibles down. And it's, they're quite heavy because they're in boxes of 100. And uh, it needs quite a lot of um, ergonomics to sort it out. But anyway, got there. Um, and in the, indeed, it, it is very encouraging um, to get stuck into that because you start off feeling very nervous approaching people as they pass by and a lot of them of course don't want to know and uh, you think well are we going to get anywhere but as the day goes on you get more confidence and uh, the Lord gives you that feeling that we really are achieving something and then when a bunch of people come through and you're able to give them 10 or something like that between them that that really is the top so that does happen and uh, we praise the Lord for that but I'll finish by telling you um, a little story which um, it's connected with the uh, distribution yesterday, but it's not actually part of the distribution. We had a young lady come up to join us from London, and she drove all the way up from London in a, a posh Audi car, and she stayed with um, you know, um, the Warings who, who live in um, Honey's Green Lane. And she parked her car on their driveway, but unfortunately... Uh, she'd left her keys in the car when she locked it and couldn't open the car and was wondering how on earth she was going to get home again. So they called the RAC out and um, the RAC man struggled for a very long time to get this Audi open and he couldn't get it open. And they were really praying hard that this poor girl would get a car open in order to go home. But as it happened... A guy was going past, and he said, uh, oh, I make a career of breaking into cars. He said, uh, would you like me to have a go? And he opened the thing almost straight away, and the RAC man was completely blown away. <laughs> completely blown away. But that was an answer to prayer on the day, and she got her car open and was able to go home. Uh, but he was actually um, a locksmith, so I have to add that for a good one. Okay, thanks very much. That's brilliant. Well, should we uh, should we just pray for those things now, and then after that, I'm going to hand over to my dad, who's going to speak to us from the passage we read earlier. Father, we are so encouraged to hear of what's happened. Lord, we know that the power of your word has on our lives, and we know the potential it has to change others' lives as well. So, Lord, we pray for everyone who's received one of those Bibles. Lord, we ask that they would read that New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, and Lord, that they would know your love through your word. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and uh, the enthusiasm that we can hear from Stuart and Enid that they've had a good time and, and felt uh, encouraged by what they've been involved with. And Lord, we thank you also for the practicalities that you've overseen and uh, keeping everyone safe and even in sorting out that problem with that car. And Father, we also remember each individual that was spoken to, not just those that took the Bible, but those had a conversation as well. And we pray that those even brief conversations would have uh, an impact on those people. We do particularly remember the Ukrainian people who were spoken to and we know that the traumatic situation that they have been through and continue to go through. Lord, we do pray for that situation that is going on. Lord, we pray for peace. We pray um, that you would restrict uh, the hand of evil and you would um, bring this conflict to an end so that there would be peace. 
And Lord, we pray that in the midst of what is happening presently, that you would sustain uh, your church and that your people would be able to be uh, a radical blessing to people around them as they uh, present um, the gospel even in the most dire circumstances. Father, we pray that this conflict would be um, resolved soon. Lord, we pray um, for those in power, for wisdom, to know how best to act, uh, those from our own country who may have influence and from others as well. And Lord, we do pray that this situation would be resolved with uh, as soon as possible. Amen. Um, I'm going to hand over to my dad now, and he's going to speak to us from the passage that we just read today. really good to see you all and uh, it's really good to hear what's been happening in the city. We've had some great opportunities haven't we? We've had the coronation, there's a lot of literature gone out and a lot of churches have given out those uh, handouts to people and also with here in the city with the Eurovision Song Contest. I mean the world has been in Liverpool so it's a world mission. You know, you didn't have to go to all these other countries to meet those people. And those testaments that were given out, they will be taken back to those places where people might not even have a Bible and will say, look what we got. Oh, yeah, you're, oh. And they'll open it and go, whoa. A lot of people will have been praying for Bibles. And this is one way that they can get God's Word. Now, we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 11, so if you have your Bible, if you want to open them at that passage, Hebrews chapter 11. Now, last time we looked at Hebrews verse 1 in that chapter. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Now, just a very brief recap on that verse that we looked at. What did we learn Faith is not earned or learned. Faith is a gift from God. Faith is given by the grace of God to those who trust his word, his spoken word, the living word and the written word. A faith that is evidence in the lives of those who trust in what God has given to them. A faith Faith that is a, a certain and a sure hope that goes beyond anything this world can ever offer. We looked last week and we said that this faith is a saving faith. Belief that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is the Saviour. But is he your Saviour? That's the question. You know, it's not enough just to believe who Jesus is and to believe what Jesus did. We need to start by believing our need, the need that we have, which is the reason for who he is and what he did. We must realise not just that we have sin in our lives, but our nature is to be sinful. And we must realise the depth of the consequences of that sin. That's where we start. And salvation is by faith alone in Christ. You've heard that many times. We'll get a hold of it. By faith alone in Christ. And this faith is a living faith and by the work of the Holy Spirit, the results of that faith that we have in Christ shows itself 
in the believer. You need to think about that because many people will say, I believe this, I believe that. Do they have faith in that belief? Is their faith strong enough? Is that thing that they believe in strong enough for that faith that they say they have? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. This is what the ancients were commended for. Good. To be commended is to be both approved and accepted. That's what the word means. I always say and tell you this. I, I go to the dictionary quite a lot. Words we're very familiar with just to get the dictionary meaning. You go, oh, it's a little bit more to that than what I usually think. To be approved of and accepted. Okay, here's a question. What did these people, these people who are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, what did they do in order to be commended? Are we asked to applaud them? For their bravery, their morality, their trustworthiness, their faithfulness? Well, yes. We must recognise these qualities in God's people. We must recognise these qualities in each other. It is good to do that. But before we get down the road of celebrating them as heroes, we must not move away from the context of this passage of Hebrews chapter 11. You read it, oh, look at the heroes of faith. And look at the heroes. And we get taken up with what they've done. That is good. We need to do that. We need to be encouraged by that. But that's not really, that is only a very small part of what this chapter is saying. The writer to the Hebrews has something far deeper going on here. He's speaking to Jewish Christians, Jews who've become Christians, who have all this history that we know as the Old Testament. And we have that same history, by the way still as good for us as it was for them we need to look at it first of all Hebrews 11 in the context of scripture the Bible is trustworthy it's the truth it tells the truth the truth is all there it, it tells us that these people that are mentioned that are being commended we're also cowardly, immoral, hypocritical, deceivers, and failures. So what is it that they're being commended for? They're being commended for their faith. Get that? That's what this passage is about. A living active faith a faith that strengthens the coward cleanses the sinful heart a faith that taught the lying tongue how to speak the truth and the words of life making them acceptable yes to us whereas the deeper meaning behind it they were acceptable to God. Big difference there, isn't it? Big difference. They're being commended because they are acceptable to God. Therefore, they are acceptable to us. But we must recognise who they are. They're presented to us as examples of those whose lives have been changed, not by what they had done, but what they had done through faith. God-given faith, not earned, not worked for, a God-given faith. And they had confidence Confidence in what they hoped for. And they had assurance. 
about things they did not see. But they knew God. Faith, as I mentioned, is not a blind faith. It's a saving faith. Now get this. It's a saving faith in God who has revealed himself to them. A lot of people say, oh yes, I believe in God. What God? Okay. No, I believe in God. Okay, tell me what you know about the God you believe in. Because the true God, the one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, has revealed himself not only to these people who are an example to us and who are accepted of God and now they're being commended to us by God. But these people have had God reveal himself to them. How does he do it in our day? The same way he did it then. Yes, by the power of his spirit. Yes, by the living word, by the written word. God reveals himself to us. Look at the sky, look at the planets, look at the things around you. God is revealing himself to us. Read God's word. God is revealing himself to us. How many will do that and then come away and say, no, I haven't read the Bible, but God hasn't revealed himself to me. No, no. God <coughs> revealed himself to these people. And this brings us to the gospel. I want to take you to Matthew's gospel, chapter 11 in Matthew, by the way, as well. I'm just going to read you verse 23 of that chapter 11. Now, this is Jesus speaking. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Now, that's not that only the children are being revealed to God. We come to him as little children, and he reveals himself to us, whether you're as old as Abraham, or Methuselah, child of God. What have we got in this passage? Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, and they that I've just mentioned, all led by faith in God, who had through them brought his promise of a Messiah into a sinful world. <coughs> The real hero in this passage is faith. The God-given faith. Remember how we answered the question, what is faith? Verse 1 told us that. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. You see, some things that you haven't already got, that's what you hope for. But this is a sure hope. Now faith is confidence. That's confidence in what we have. Confidence in what we hope for. For the assurance about what we do not see. None of these people mentioned actually saw Jesus. Or even knew what he would die and what he would do. But they looked forward to the Messiah who was the one promised by God, who would bring about salvation. And their faith was in that. They hadn't seen it yet, but their faith was in that. Confidence is being free from uncertainty. And we can have that confidence. If you have Jesus as your saviour, you can have the confidence of the certainty that you are forgiven. And the, the confidence of the things that you haven't seen yet. When we're with God in glory. The hope we have is in the confidence that we have from knowing that God is in control. So, question is, who is your faith in? Who is your trust in?
There's a verse from Ephesians. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. It's Ephesians 3, verse 12. And he starts with in him. Now he's speaking about Jesus, or the him here is Jesus. And he says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Freedom from sin and confidence in who God is and in what he has done in your life. If you know Jesus as your saviour. What does this faith give us? Hebrews 10 verse 22. Let us draw near to God. How? Every word is important here. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. What else? And with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed by pure water. Pure water is the water of the Holy Spirit. Now let's go to verse 3 of our chapter. Hebrews 11 verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Remember, in context, this is relevant to what he's going to say. Relevant to what's already happened. And it's relevant to the, the, the picture he's building up here. The writer the, We don't know who the writer of the Hebrews was. Some say it was Paul. We don't know. So why speculate? Maybe we don't know because we just need to take on the importance of what is being said here. By faith we understand. Yeah, To understand. Yeah, I did go back to the dictionary again. <laughs> Have a look at it. It's to be able to comprehend and grasp the true purpose. Yeah, that. It's not just, oh, I understand, do you? Yeah, I understand. Well, when somebody says that to you, question them. I understand all about electricity. Do you? Yeah. Do you know that in the electrical circuit, the ratio of potential difference between the two ends of a conductor is a constant, providing that the temperature is steady? Oh, no, I didn't understand that. Ohm's <laughs> law of electrolysis. I haven't got a clue what it means, but I did have to learn it in school. So there you go. People will say, I understand. I understand. Understand is able to comprehend, okay, and grasp the truth of the purpose. Got that? That's what we need to do. Comprehend, yeah, I know that. Well, I know that. Yeah. I comprehend. A cup of coffee. I know it's nice and hot. And I can see the steam. I know what it tastes like. I understand. Mm. I know what the purpose is. So, cheers everybody. You got it? The evidence of God's word tells us of the past. So that we can be sure of the present as we look forward to the future with confidence and see things not yet seen. I'm going to take you now to the book of Genesis right to the front of the Bible and there's a purpose in this. Remember, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11 in the context of what the writer is saying to us about faith and then we take it into the rest of scripture. The word Genesis means the book of beginnings. It starts with the words, in the beginning. And then it goes on. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Have you noticed that John starts his gospel with the same few words? In the beginning. You see, <coughs> John, people say, Oh, John doesn't give us the Christmas story. That's Luke and Matthew. Listen, John gives you a deeper meaning to the Christmas story because he goes right back to the beginning, to who Jesus was. You see, Jesus' beginning was not when he was born in a manger as a baby. That was the beginning of him becoming human, remaining God, becoming human. But his beginning was further back from the Christmas story. 
His beginning was way back in Genesis. So John takes those words. And he says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. Who is John talking about here? Well, a few verses down he tells us. The Word became flesh and made a dwelling among us. That's the birth of that baby in the manger. John, in his first letter, this is important, confirms that he brings to us first-hand information. We're looking here at evidence. John is a witness who stands in the up in the court and testifies of the truth. And he said in 1 John 1 verse 5, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. This is the same John who stood at the foot of the cross with Mary, the mother of Jesus, as he saw Jesus crucified. The Apostle Peter, Peter, impetuous Peter, always putting his foot in it and saying things out of line. But Peter was there. And in 2 Peter 1 verse 16, I almost hear him starting this with, you know, we say that a lot, don't we? You know, maybe I should say, you know, but I'll put the words that he says. He goes, we didn't follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Yeah. Got it right that time, Peter, didn't you? Okay. Back to Hebrews 11. I mentioned 10 people that are mentioned by name. And those, those 10 people, they had a personal uh, reference to their faith. We know a little about, bit about them. But before we know that little bit about them, we have those words, by faith. By faith, Abel. Mm. By faith, Abraham. Mm. We're getting a little bit about them. Also in that passage, that chapter, we have six individuals from Gideon to Samuel. And the prophets are mentioned. But this is with a general reference to what? The most important thing about them, their faith. We have Abel to Rahab. Now, notice the progression. Abel to Rahab. From creation to God's people entering the promised land. The book of Genesis right the way through to the book of Joshua. Yeah. That's it. Did you realise that? Do you realise what the writer of the Hebrews is doing for us here? He's taking us through the Bible. Doesn't have to say a lot because it's all there. You can go back and read. And these people knew anyway. These are Jewish people who many of them could quote the Bible and read the Old Testament or certainly parts of it. And they become followers of Christ. God's people in the land of Canaan. Okay, after Judges, what happened there? We have their kings. We have them who became exiles who returned to Jerusalem. And here, in these people, in uh, yeah, Hebrews 11, we have the people from the book of Judges to Malachi. Yeah? The whole history. God's people lived by faith, worshipped by faith, pleased God by faith, obeyed God by faith. By faith they were not afraid, by faith they persevered, by faith they conquered, by faith they suffered, by faith they were persecuted and imprisoned. Some were tortured and some were killed. By faith. By faith. And this is what 
the writer of the Hebrews is telling us. Their gain was greater than their loss. It was by faith that God was not ashamed to be called their God. What a weight in that, isn't it? The characters we read about encourage us in our faith. They also walk us through the Old Testament. You know, I didn't realise this. I've, I've read this passage many times. I've preached on it before. But when I was reading through it, my intention was to take the individual characters and talk about them. I, I was going to talk about Rahab. In fact, when I sat down to do this, the title was Rahab. That's back, you know, a few weeks back. And I went totally in a different direction as I began to see what the writer of the Hebrews was saying about faith. A walk through the Old Testament that brings us into the New Testament and it's the same God, the same faith and the faith is in the same person, the God who is God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And the whole that those people had is the hope that we have. The hope in things that we still have not seen. Yes, we are on the other side of the cross. We know about Jesus. We know that he died. We know why he died. <laughs> but we know that he's returned. For the people of the Old Testament, their hope was in the certainty of the promised Messiah who would come and bring salvation from sin and the certain hope of them being with him in glory for eternity. For the people of the New Testament, our hope is in the salvation that came, in the one that brought the salvation, and the certainty of his return to take his people to be with him for eternity. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I want to finish by just returning back to Matthew's Gospel and Matthew chapter 11. We read the first, uh, verse 25. I want to read that verse again. I want to read it through to verse 30. And as I do, I just want you to think about it. Think about it in the context of what we've been looking at. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. All things have been committed to me, this is Jesus talking, by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses, is that word again, to reveal Him. It's what Scripture does. That's what the Old Testament does. That's what the Gospel does. That's what the New Testament does. That's what creation does. It reveals God to us. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean, learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this passage that we've looked at together. And we pray that you will just reveal yourselves to us. Yes, you reveal our sin. You reveal to us our need for salvation. You reveal to us the one who 
died on the cross. And our Father, we just pray that we might, knowing these things, come to you with humble hearts, invite you into our lives. If, you've, we've, if we've already done that, just encourage us when times are hard. But it's not what we do, it is by what you do through the faith that you have given us, the faith that is in Christ. Amen. Well, we're going to sing our closing hymn now, which is 279. I know not why God's wondrous love to me has been made known. 279. Let's stand and sing together. Father, we do pray that you would give us faith like we have read of here. And Lord, that we would cling to you with everything that we have for all of our days, with you sustaining our faith. In your name, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>